Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to tune in that way, we're really easy to find. If you just search Picks and Parlays, we're usually the first thing that pops up. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter every day. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. If you want to drop me a comment, a line, or a meme. Uh, I do apologize for not making it in. Yesterday, I was a little under the weather, thought I was giving birth. And you know what? I'm really glad that I didn't because yesterday will forever be known as the day that Miles Garrett turned Thursday night football into a street fight. What a game uh, with about eight seconds left in the game. Uh, if you were hiding under a rock last night and you haven't heard, the Browns were up 21-7 and Miles Garrett took off Mason Rudolph's helmet and hit him in the head with it. It was unprecedented. It was crazy, it was out of line, and it certainly wasn't something that we've ever seen when it comes to football. Uh, some news that came out today, Miles Garrett, the Browns uh, defensive tackle, is suspended indefinitely. That means he won't play at all this season, including the postseason, a big loss for the pass rush for the Browns. But more importantly, I mean, the NFL had to take a stand here. He could have killed a guy. I'm not even being uh, dramatic. You could have used that as a, hel that as a weapon. Uh, that helmet really could have hurt somebody. Uh, Browns defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi has been suspended one game, and Steelers center uh, Marquis Pouncey has been suspended three games, and the Steelers and the Browns have each been fined $250,000 for that incident. Uh, getting on with today's show, we've got college football. Minnesota, Iowa, Oklahoma Baylor, Arizona Cal, or excuse me, Arizona and Oregon, USC Cal, and then we've got some NFL picks with Tony T and a little sprinkle of NBA action, and then finally our NFL rapid fire segment. Uh, seven games, seven picks, seven ways to make you some money. It's all coming up on Picks and Parlays on this Friday afternoon. Stick with us after the break. We're starting off with college football. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, and let's get things going on this Friday afternoon with some college football. We've got Chip Trimis joining us for a little college football talk. Hello, Chip. Hey, Chelsea. How are you feeling, darling? <laughs> feeling all right. <laughs> all right. As good, good as you can be uh, at 39 weeks pregnant. Uh, but let's dive into some of these college games. We've got a good slate on tap this weekend, starting with Minnesota and Iowa. Minnesota, of course, coming off that big, huge, monumental win over Penn State. Uh, but Iowa's favorite in this one, probably, I guess, because they're at home. Uh, the Hawkeyes are 6-3, and 4-5 and five against the number. Minnesota, of course, 9-0, and 6-2-1 oh, yep. against the spread. And the total is 44 and a half. Initial thoughts on this matchup. Well, you know, Chelsea, you, you made the point that Iowa is favored, and most likely because they're at home. You know, this is an unranked team favored over a ranked team, which is very unusual. Not only that, an undefeated ranked team 
that has just coming off one of their biggest wins ever. And that may be the, the key or the clue as to why they're an underdog here. Beating Penn State is the first time they've beaten a ranked team in 15 tries. That goes over a number of years. But Minnesota has such a well-balanced attack. You might have seen that. They run for almost 200 yards a game and are passing for about 240, which is a great balance, particularly on the college level. They've won their last six against the points. They're 6-0 against the number. And oddly enough, in all nine games, or all eight games previous to this one against Penn State, they had outgained their opponent. And believe it or not, on Saturday, Penn State outgained the Golden Gophers. And I think that Iowa has the edge here psychologically because, I mean, the Golden Gophers, Minnesota has to be so full of themselves and so proud of finally beating a, a ranked team and beating a team like Penn State the way they did. Convincingly, they manhandled that Penn State team the whole game. I think it's very difficult for them to get ready emotionally to get back to the same spot. Um, you know, Iowa has an incredible record against Minnesota. If Minnesota's come in to Iowa with a winning record, Iowa has won 15 of 17 times against the points. So Iowa seems to get ready for this Minnesota team. And Iowa, we do know, has been a better team for years in the Big Ten. Uh, we want some personal head-to-head -head information. Six, one, and one, the last eight between these two teams have gone under. Four and one, the last five meetings in Iowa have gone under. That doesn't bother me. Maybe the under is the play here. I can give that easily. But I think Iowa is the side, Chelsea, being favored over this Minnesota. I think psychologically, Minnesota has a very tough road to get themselves ready for this game. Right. I think the key for Iowa is stopping Tanner Morgan, the quarterback for Minnesota. He proved to be a threat with his legs. And it seemed like in that Penn State game, if you had the over, that was a nice day for you because yes. nobody uh, could stop anybody. It, it certainly is. Um, these offenses on the college level now are so diverse and they're so sophisticated. It has, it's improved dramatically over the last 20 years, I would say. The passing game, these kids are coming out of high school and they are ready. Now, Iowa has a four-year quarterback here in Stanley, and he may be able to get the job done against the Golden Gophers. Right, and that's not to knock on Iowa's defense because they've been really good. Uh, they're allowing just 12 points per game. And they've played a lot of these tough teams really closely. Uh, one position, possession losses to Wisconsin, yeah. Michigan, and Penn State. So, I mean, they play tough competition uh, pretty closely. But, I, I mean, I think the key is the, fa the fact that they're favored. That says something to me. That says that it, Vegas knows something here. Exactly. Uh, and it, it just looks a little fishy. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. An unranked team. Um, rank, um, favored over a ranked team that is nine and zero, and this unranked team, by the way, is only four and five against the number. Though they're six and three straight up, I, I think the odds maker in Las Vegas really thinks that uh, the Golden Gophers are going to lay an egg here. Well, in Minnesota, has not won at Iowa since 1999. Yeah. So I don't know if that's in their minds at all. Uh, even though we saw with LSU that those streaks can definitely come to an end yes. with LSU beating Alabama. Let's move on to a big matchup in the Big 12, Oklahoma-Baylor. Uh, Baylor is undefeated, but yet they're getting 10.5 points at home <laughs> to Oklahoma. Explain that to me. All right, how about that? you got a 9-0 and Baylor team, which, um, of course, is leading the, the Big 12. They're 5-4 and four against the points. Um, it's inexplicable, other than the fact that Oklahoma, who had a 21-point lead in the fourth period last week against Iowa State, 
let the Cyclones get back in the game, end up winning the game by one point. But they were looking ahead to this encounter here. This line has gone up steadily because the Sharps and the Wise Guys are taking Oklahoma, and I think it's because of the previous records against this team. Against the Baylor Baylor's, Bears, the last four meetings, Oklahoma has put up 511, 553, 625, and 606 total yards. That Oklahoma offense is tremendous. Their defense, many have called a sieve, but I don't think Baylor or anyone else is going to be able to contain this Oklahoma offense, particularly how they have a loss under their belt right now. That was a very big upset when they got beat. And I think that they're, they're really chopping at the bit here. And the fact that Baylor is at home, Baylor is 9-0. Giving them double digits tells me that there is really something askew with this game. I think that Baylor is in big trouble here. And, you know, if you look at the stats, and we, go, we do this all the time, we go through trends. Matt Rue, the head coach of Baylor, opened 1-11 the first season with them. Since then, he's gone 13-3 as an underdog plus three, three or more points. And um, I, I just don't see them giving much Baylor much of a shot here. I think that Oklahoma really is going to run rough shot over them. Uh, the total 67 and a half, is that worth a look? Yes, it certainly is. I could very easily give you the, the over on here. Baylor, Baylor comes through an improbable win last week. It goes triple overtime against TCU, kicks a 51-yard field goal on the final play of the game. TCU had a first and goal at the one to win the game and didn't score. Very improbable that uh, Baylor won that game, and I think their luck may have run out. I think that uh, Oklahoma here is going to be show the manpower. And as a matter of fact, they are the power play of the day. All right, let's move on to some out west games. Arizona, <laughs> Oregon. Oregon favored big in this one, minus 27 and a half. Total is 68 and a half. Uh, thoughts on this one? Well, my first thoughts are I can't get over Oregon losing their opening game on the final play on a 28-yard desperation pass by Bo Nix. Auburn comes up with the win. If it wasn't for that single play, Oregon right now, who's ranked fifth and sixth in the polls, might be among the top four, among, among the finalists. They would be 9-0. They're averaging 38.5 points per game, and um, they really do put up great offensive numbers. This Herbert is going to be a first-round draft pick, the quarterback for the Ducks. Arizona has lost four straight. They're 2-6-1 against the number. Um, this stumbling really doesn't have a clue what he's going to do with the Wildcats, who he's starting at quarterback, and, and who he's not. But Arizona has got that wide-open West Coast offense. There's, like Sumlin had when he was at Texas A&M, they're scoring 33 points again, uh, 33 points a game. But like when he was at A&M, he doesn't stop anybody defensively. They're giving up 37 points a game. And I think, other than the fact that I might want to take a shot with Arizona on this game because of the healthy points, 27.5 or 28. Chelsea, um, this game should go over the total. Oregon doesn't tackle too many people either. But uh, their offense is so prolific. I can see the, um, this team putting up 38-45 against Arizona. Arizona putting up 28-30 themselves. And I look for this team to go over the total. This game to go over the total easily. All right, staying out west with USC okay. and Cal. USC favored in this one, minus 6.5. Total is 48. Uh, and if you remember, Cal did beat uh, USC last season, 15-14. to 14. So what are we seeing in this one quickly? They did, and uh, our, the Trojans may have a little revenge on their mind. They had won 15 straight in the series until Cal's win last year. Cal's offense has been horrible, averaging just about 300 yards a game. That was because their quarterback, Chase Garbers, has been out. He returns here. 
And Cal has shown some life of late. They've really are five and four. Very surprising for an offense that only has 300 yards. They have a great defensive team. Southern Cal clinched a bowl berth last week. They won their sixth game. I don't know if their intensity level is going to be what it needs to be in order to come up with a point spread win here. I would take the Golden Bears, though I'm leery. Chelsea, they have their biggest game of the year next year. They next week, excuse me. They are playing Stanford, and that is always a big one for them. That is their traditional rival. Um, the under has gone 13-3 in the last 16 between these two. So if you're a little skittish about uh, taking Cal, which I can understand, maybe the way to go is to play this game under. All right. That is our college football talk for the day. Thank you, Chip. We're back after the break with NFL Picks. Stick with us on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. It's my name. It's my handle. It's where you can send me any of your, any of your comments or concerns. Right now, we've got Tony T joining us to talk a little basketball up first. Hello, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Chelsea. Looking forward to this uh, NBA season. Uh, we're almost into a month of it already. And, of course, uh, of course, you got to worry about some of the injuries out there for some of these teams. And, of course, some of these young, uh, uh, young rookies out there, some of them make an impact, like Jay Morant from Memphis. And, of course, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the Clippers with Paul George returning back to the lineup for L.A. So we're going to finally get to see the George and Kawhi Leonard duo uh, together. Of course, uh, Leonard took some load management a day off, so they didn't play in that uh, game against New Orleans, but uh, looking forward to what we got on tap here in the NBA for Saturday. Right, that's definitely been the story for the Clippers. Paul George making his return to the lineup with 33 points uh, despite a loss to the Pelicans, but also load management. What an odd story that's been. Uh, I know a lot of people are up in arms over Kawhi Leonard not playing every game, especially this early in the season. He's not that old. Uh, so first of all, in this Hawks-Clippers game, uh, that we're talking about. The Clippers are favored 13 and a half. The, the total is 230. First of all, do we expect Kawhi Leonard to play or do we know? It looks like he'll will play. It was pretty much load management reasons for him missing the game. And of course, you know, there's a lot of a lot of theories out there. And uh, part of it, the reason I think is these, these players now play in these AU tournaments. They, they play a lot of basketball in their youth. I think that's what's contributing to a lot of the injuries here uh, for these for these players in their 20s and uh, cutting, cutting could cut short their their career in the NBA. But uh, I think that's one of the reasons there for the for the load for the load management issue is too much basketball at an early you know they're in they're in their youth. But you know, in looking at this game, Chelsea, you are you did say it's a big line. But one thing with LA at home, they've been holding teams 101 points a game and defensively over their past five games, they're allowing just 41% of shooting, but they've been in the shooting shop themselves, uh, shooting just 43% and 31% from beyond the arc. Now we're looking here at the Atlanta side, they don't shoot the three very well on the road, but you know, the thing with, with the, the Hawks, they did lose an impact player in John Collins with a suspension. He was 17 point game per guy, a game uh, per night to eight rebounds, and they don't really have a lot of depth around them. So John Collins, Chelsea, an impact player, not in the lineup for the Hawks. Right, but they do have Trey Young, who's been a one-man band wrecking crew. Uh, he's been the king of the nutmeg, passing to himself by dribbling the ball through defenders' legs, and he's averaging 27 points per game. Uh, do we think the Clippers can stop him at least enough to uh, get a win or cover this number? You know, the thing is, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stay. I don't know if the, the total, or I should say the point spread, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that 13 now. I think it's just a little too much. I think the under is the better play here because, you know, Trey Young uh, does that pretty much everything. But when you look at the supporting cast, the problem with, with, with the Hawks is their supporting cast, they're not accurate shooters. And that's where the issue is. Uh, so I think uh, Trey Young will get his. He could probably have 35, 34 points in this game. But still, I don't think the Hawks are going to be able to score against the uh, Clippers defense. Now with Paul George, you got to look at them differently now in, in the paint. And uh, with Paul George in that lineup, uh, the paint will not be open for Trey Young. He's going to have to do his work outside the paint. And again, just not enough on the support, help from sporting cast here to try to get points from the Atlanta side. And of course, when you look at the trend here, the Clippers have gone under in six of their seven at home. I think that continues here. All right, let's move on to some NFL action, starting with Monday Night Football's matchup in Mexico City. The Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs are favored in this one, minus three and a half. Total is 52. Elevation will definitely be a factor in this one. Mexico City, uh, I'm not sure what the exact elevation is, but it's definitely uh, pretty high up. The Chargers are practicing in Colorado Springs. And you know what? The Chiefs, they're coming off a loss to the Titans. That's right. My Titans beat them uh, in a wild one, 35-32. But what scares me is Patrick Mahomes. Didn't look like he missed a beat. He still uh, had 446 yards uh, of offense, three touchdowns. So who do we like in this one, or what's the play? Yeah, on this game here, I'm going to kind of stay away from the, from the uh, point spread here because I'm t I have a hard time with the, playing the Chargers. And, of course, with KC, you always have to worry about that backdoor touchdown because their defense is not very good. I will say that the elevation in Mexico City is 7,200 feet. That is 2,000 feet 2, higher than Denver's stadium. So elevation will play a key. That's why I'm looking at the over in this one, Chelsea, because I think in the second half, you could have some tired players, especially at the pace of play the Kansas City Chiefs play. They play really fast, uh, you know, the, and I think the offenses for both offenses will try and do that. They'll try to increase the, the pace of play to try to wear out these defenses because they know they're playing at 7,200 feet. You've got, the, you've got an offense here in Patrick Mahomes who's, who's healthy. He feels great. And, of course, uh, they're, they're definitely moving the football. And, of course, you're looking at their defense that struggled. Uh, they're giving up over five yards to carry on the ground, 369 yards overall. So I think Philip Rivers will be able to find some open receivers there. And I think we're going to see this game really open up in the second half with a lot of tired uh, defenders for both sides playing this high elevation. But, of course, both offensive coordinators knowing, hey, let's tire out these defenses. Let's play at a fast tempo. And I think we're looking at an over in this game. And maybe Philip Rivers can get a little extra zip on his passes in that high altitude because that's been a real issue for the Chargers is which Phillip Rivers uh, that we're going to get because as we saw in that game against the Raiders, his interceptions, man, I think he had three, but there could have been five. The two of them got called back for uh, penalties, but it can be a real game changer. Yeah, and we always said this about Phillip Rivers. When he doesn't have a run game, be careful with him. That's one reason why I don't even want to take the Chargers because you always got to worry about him putting points on the board for the other team. But fortunately, that's what the over is there for, right? <laughs> when you got a quarterback that throws right, picks. Right, exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know, and that's the problem with the Chargers is they don't have the run. You know, when Phillip Rivers tries to do too much, he makes mistakes. I've seen his, I've seen his entire career. That's been, the, that's been the thing here. You just look at the yards per carry for the, for, for the, for the running game, and you'll, you, you can tell what kind of season it's going to be for Rivers. It's going to be a lot of picks, and that's what we're seeing here with the Chargers. Right, and one thing I will say about that Chiefs game, 
uh, against the Titans. It was a crazy game. Uh, we saw some some plays that I had never seen before, including uh, Colquitt, the holder, got flagged for intentional grounding, and we saw their offensive linemen going down like flies. At one point, I thought Andy Reid was going to have to play offensive line for them. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad the Titans won, but it was a wild game, and I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in it, especially since Mahomes, it was his first game back. And he didn't seem to skip a beat. I thought maybe his timing might be off because that's the only thing uh, that really concerns me. I noticed that with Tua in that Alabama game. It looked like his timing was off uh, since he had missed a lot of games. But, um, yeah, I just – I would like to take the Chiefs in this one, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm torn. Yeah, I – yeah, if it's over a field goal, it's tough because you know their, their defense. So we saw that we know we talked about this in week one against Jacksonville when I saw that we saw the coaches tape on that game and we noticed the difference in their intensity when they're up. When the Chiefs defense is up, they play really lax defensively. And here's the situation here. And one thing to note too with these onside kick rules now, uh, it's harder to recover the onside kick. So these, so I think what you're seeing now is these defenses being more laxed. In, in, in prevent and that's what's happening uh, you're not seeing these onside kicks recovered so these teams with two score leads okay we'll give one up but we, we have a good chance of recovering the onside and we'll need it and win the game right and also the Chargers did beat the Packers so I mean they're capable uh, of upsets so it's, it's just tough the NFL as I've said many times before the parity is not like college football any team can really win just about any week, excluding maybe a couple of teams. Uh, speaking of those teams, uh, the Jets and the Redskins. <laughs> the Jets. Uh, the Redskins are favoring this one, minus 2.5, and, and the total is 38.5, which certainly looks low, but both of these teams rank, I think, in the bottom five in all of offensive categories. So it's not going to be, you know, the best football you've probably ever watched. Uh, what's the lean on this one? Yeah, I'm going to lean here for the Chess plus two and a half. And, uh, you know, you know, Redskins are going to start rookie Dwayne Haskins for the remainder of the seasons. They're a 1-8 team, 0-4 at home, nothing really to lose. So this is what they're going to do. Uh, you look at their numbers the past three games. There's 204 yards of offense, six uh, points a game. And if you notice, Chelsea, their games are finishing like a half an hour before the top of the hour because they're running the ball like crazy. <laughs> and uh, they're 31st in the league on third down, 29th in the red zone. You know, I think you're just going to see a run, run, run game here by by the Redskins, and we'll put them in down a distance. And one thing I'll, I'll note here with with the Jets' defensive coordinator Greg Williams, I'm telling you, he will bring a blitz package on this rookie like you won't believe. I mean, Greg Williams, he even blitzed in the preseason. So uh, again, if the Redskins are in down a distance <laughs> situation, it's going to be tough for Haskins because they'll be coming after him. So, what's the play you like in this one? I like I like the player. Jets here plus the two and a half. Yeah, and I wouldn't argue if anyone took the under in this game because the game plan here for the Redskins since the coaching change has been running the run the ball. And I said the the game instead of finish these games instead of finishing at the at the top of the hour, they're finishing at the bottom of the hour. It's incredible how fast their games are over because all they're doing is running the football. Right, and the Redskins have played to the under six times in a row, in a row. Because I I knew that re that Redskins uh, San Francisco game that was. Uh, kind of an outlier because it was raining so hard. That was a slop fest, but six straight unders. I mean, I guess Vegas has got to be adjusting for those odds. 38 and a half is, is pretty low, but as we've seen, some of, uh, even when it looks low, you can still take an under and win. 
Yeah, I mean, the Redskins have been held at nine points or fewer in five of their past six games. And, of course, I like to just because Darnold might find things a little easier against this Redskins defense. All right, and thanks, as always, for joining us, Tony T, for his picks on NBA and NFL. Uh, we're back after the break with Rapid Fire. More NFL after the break on Picks and Parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to see the faces behind the voices, you can definitely find us there. If you search Picks and Parlays on any of your so favorite social media platforms, we're really easy to find. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger, on this fine Friday afternoon. And next up, NFL Rapid Fire. We've got seven games, seven picks, and seven ways to hopefully make you guys some money. Uh, we've got Craig Trapp joining us. We've got Tony T joining us. Uh, guys, we've got a lot of games to get to, so let's jump right in. Let's start with the Cowboys and the Lions. The Cowboys are favored minus seven in this one. Total is 50 and a half. Uh, the Cowboys coming off that loss to Minnesota, 28-24, and the Lions coming off a loss to the Bears. The big news in this one, Matt Stafford will not play in this one, so we will see another week of Jeff Driscoll at quarterback for the Lions. Uh, Craig, we'll start with you. Who do you like or what's the play? Uh, tough, tough to love either one of these teams. Obviously, uh, I, usually when you get double, when you get more than a touchdown or more at home, I always look into the home underdog, but you know, when you're playing a backup quarterback on a team that has just been inconsistent on offense already, and then uh, they weren't great last week, I just think you have to play the Cowboys here. The Cowboys' season kind of hanging in the balance here. They really can't afford uh, to lose this one. So I think the Cowboys minus seven is the play. Of course, big uh, follow-up. Both of these teams will be playing on Thursday night um, uh, after uh, this week. The Lions are also 0-4 against the spread in their last four. Tony T., what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Craig here. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points here with Dallas Cowboys, the minus is seven. I think you're going to see an overreaction. Remember that those plays at the end of that Minnesota Viking game, they ran those two, they ran the ball, and of course they, they took a, a lot of heat for those running plays late in the game against Minnesota. I think you're going to see the Cowboys really air it out here. Remember the Lions are a really bad defense, and I think they can exploit the secondary here for the Detroit Lions. Uh, they're giving up 402 yards, 272 yards in the passing game. Of course, uh, Mari Cooper's telling everybody that he's healthy and a Cowboys completion rate right now for Dak Prescott, 61%. They're throwing for 300 yards. I think you're going to see the Cowboys throw the ball a lot in this game. And uh, they're a really good third down team. And they're very good defensively on third down and, and in the red zone. And uh, that's something the, the Lions are not good at. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the points here with Dallas. Next up, we've got the Jags and the Colts. The Colts are favoring this one, minus two and a half. Total is 43 and a half. Quarterback Jacoby Brissett is expected to play for the Colts, which is good news because Brian Hoyer, the backup, had three interceptions in the Colts. Lost to the Dolphins. That's right, the Dolphins. Uh, meanwhile, the Jags have Nick Foles back uh, starting, which means Minshew Mania is over, at least for now. Uh, but Nick Foles, obviously... Good, a good quarterback that they're paying a lot of money for. Uh, Craig, who do we like in this one, or what's the play? Yeah, I think you have to go with the Jags here. I just don't think – it doesn't sound like Brissett's going to be anywhere near 100%. And, you know, one of his greatest assets is his ability to scramble, extend plays. And, you know, this Colts team, you know, just not look good since he went down. Remember, they let that one get away in Pittsburgh, even though Brian Hoyer actually played 
halfway decent other than the pick six in that game, but was not good last week. I think you have to, uh, until Brissett proves he's back 100%, you have to take the Jaguars in this one as a slight underdog. We'll take the two and a half points here, but I think they win outright. Tony T, agree or disagree? I got to agree here with, with, the, with Craig here. I like the, Jack, the Jaguars plus the points. Uh, you know, Jacoper said off that sprain MCL or quick return. He may be as mobile. But more importantly is an injury for the Colts, T.Y. Hilton. He's a big play threat for the Colts offense. He's not, he's not healthy. We won't see him until uh, December with that calf injury. And, of course, that really impacts the ability for the Colts to make plays downfield. Of course, Jacksonville coming off their bye week. But not only Nick Foles coming back, D.D. Westbrook is coming back. And a lot of the, the Jaguars are getting healthy now as they return to practice. And, uh, and they are a really good defense holding teams to 19 points a game. Of course, uh, the Colts have failed to cover three straight six turnovers in their past two games. I'm going to take the Jaguars here plus the points. Next up, we've got the Broncos and the Vikings. The Vikings are favored at minus 10. This one, the total is 40, very low. Uh, but the Broncos, you know, they have a good defense, especially as of late in their last four or last five games. They're allowing just 14 points per game. Uh, meanwhile, the Vikings have a very strong rush attack uh, led by Dalvin Cook coming off an 183 yards uh, in his last game. Uh, against the Cowboys. So I know Mike Zimmer wants to continue to run the ball. Uh, can they do it against the Broncos uh, in this one? Craig, what do you think? Well, I think this one screams under because, like you said, the Broncos defense is very good. The Vikings, you know, when you run the ball, there's less plays. Um, you know, the clock moves. I just think the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, if you look at his numbers, actually, they're right on pace with Adrian Peterson's MVP season. That's how good a season uh, Cook's having, of course hard for a running back to probably win it in the in the day and age we are now uh, but I like the under I just think it screams uh, a much lower scoring game um, than in and, and thus the total uh, one of the lowest totals of the week so let's take the under here and what should be an ugly game as the Broncos offense continues to stink up the joint and we will see more of Brandon Allen at quarterback which I mean Joe Flacco wasn't doing a whole lot for that offense as Tony T likes to call him the statue He's not very mobile in the pocket, so I guess Brandon Allen might be better in that aspect. But he's still a young guy. Uh, Tony T, what do you think on this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with Minnesota. They win by double digits at home. You go and look at their, at their scores. And uh, you're right, Brandon Allen making his first ever road start, and this is the toughest place in football right now to play, is playing at Minnesota. And I, think, I, I do agree that Broncos are a good defense, but here's what the problem is. The time of possession. And I think the Broncos are not going to be able to get first downs in this game, and the and the Broncos will be on the field a lot, and that's going to lead to the, the to the uh, Vikings cover in the second half. And of course, uh, we know the Vikings here at home, the defense holding opponents to 13 points a game, and they do move the football at home. A good rushing attack is balanced because they're completing 79% of their passes at home, and uh, they do well in the red zone. I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with the Vikings. All right, next up we've got a good one. The Texans and the Ravens. The Ravens are favored in this one, minus four. Total is 51 and a half. And this is the clash of two very dynamic quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, uh, Lamar Jackson. It should be fun to watch, but when it comes to betting, who are we taking? Craig? Well, it's hard to bet against Lamar Jackson right now. I mean, this, this Ravens running attack, um, very, very difficult. Not just Lamar Jackson. Um, I mean, they can really... Um, mess you up. I mean, if you if you play if you play his running, then all of a sudden they they're out the other side. Um, and I just think the Ravens are the better team here at home. 
last week was the big letdown spot, I think, for them, and they didn't have a letdown. They they rolled over a bad Cincinnati team, of course. Of course, the week before that, uh, beat the Patriots. I think the Ravens don't have a letdown here, and I think they win easily. I, I love them minus uh, four here in this one. I will say it's definitely hard to prepare for Lamar Jackson, but if anybody, anybody uh, can simulate what he does, it's Lamar it's, uh, excuse me, Deshaun Watson. So that Texans defense has a first glance, you know, in practice at how dynamic somebody can be. Maybe how to stop him. What do you think, Tony T? Do you think the Texans can contain uh, this Ravens team? Well, Chelsea, this is my top play from the NFL on Sunday. Find it right now at picksandparlays.net. All right, moving on to the Cardinals and the 49ers. Uh, 49ers favored minus 10 in this one. The total is 45. And yes, we have seen these two teams meet before. And if you remember, it was actually a close game, 28-25. The 49ers won that one. They didn't cover, uh, but that was at home for the Cardinals, at least. Uh, they were a 10-point dog in that one as well, and they covered. So what do we think on this one? Do the Cardinals cover uh, again, even if they lose? Or do we like the 49ers to bounce back after their first loss of the season to Seattle? Craig, who you got? Well, this is a, uh, like you said, a revenge game uh, for the Cardinals. Uh, they lost on Thursday night a, a few weeks back, but uh, this is actually my NFL uh, play of the week this week. Uh, the interesting part of this game uh, for me is going to be how the 49ers, can they throw the ball? Uh, because their running attack is some of the best in the league, but they've been very inconsistent throwing the ball. Can they contain or can they continue to improve in that because if you're going to win come playoff time this team is going to have to learn that they have to be more balanced so but this is my nfl play of the week get it at fixingparlays.net i know the cardinals haven't been winning that many games they're only three six and one but they're seven and three against the spread which is actually one of the best teams in the nfl when it comes to against the number tony t who do you like or what's the play in this one i'm going to continue again to write these cardinals at plus ten and a half like we talked about last week's show the Cardinals offensively, a very good second-half team. They're doing some, they're do, the coaching staff, they're doing their adjustments, and they're really competitive. Maybe they had that lead against Tampa Bay. Of course, the defense let the touchdown in, but still, uh, I, I got to play them. They're, they did show the ability to move the football in this 49ers uh, defense, and um, they've covered four of their past five. But it's a tough spot for San Francisco. Short week, but it's the opponent that makes it tough because they played Seattle. That was a really physical, hard-hitting game, and they paid for it. If you, They're banged up. Uh, even Breida, it's a laundry list of starters who did not practice today, and I think, it, I think uh, we're going to look at a situation here. We talked about the 49ers' ability here to throw the football. They're in the lower third in the league in the red zone. Maybe you know they kick field goals. Uh, Cardinals generate enough offense here, and again, the second half for the Cardinals, they, they cover for us in the second half. We're going to go ahead and play them here in this one plus the points. Moving on to the Patriots and the Eagles, a rematch of Super Bowl 52. Uh, granted, these are two very different teams. The Patriots have been uh, reliant on a very strong defense. However, against the Ravens, we saw that they have some holes, especially against the rush. Uh, can the Eagles run all over the Patriots? The Patriots are favored minus 3.5 in this one on the road, and the total is 45. Craig, what do you think? like the Patriots in a bounce-back spot here. I just think the Patriots... Seems like when you when you show a weakness like we saw against the Ravens, that they usually fix that. And I think they'll fix that this week. I think the Patriots minus three and a half, very easy play here against an Eagles team that's just been so up and down. Has all the talent in the world, just haven't been able to put it together. Let's take the Patriots minus three and a half. 
Tony T, agree or disagree, or do you like a different play? Yeah, I'm with Craig here. I like the Patriots minus three and a half. They're coming off the bye week. You know, the Patriots off a loss, a really good bet. They're, they are coming off the bye week. And one thing to note here with the Patriots, they don't have to deal with the Lamar Jackson factor here. They're facing a drop back quarterback, Carson Wentz. You know, the defense has played very well this year. They just had that bad game against Lamar. And, of course, uh, we've seen the Eagles here pounded at Dallas and at Minnesota. Those are good offenses. Uh, you know, Eagles defense, they've been shredded by the Packers, Vikings, and Cowboys. They're 25th defensively in the red zone. Patriots defense first on third down, fourth in the red zone. I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots laying the three and a half. All right, and wrapping things up with the Bears and the Rams on Sunday night football. The Rams are favored minus six in this one. The total is very low at 40, but the Rams' offense has not been the offense that we, has, we have expected this season. Meanwhile, the Bears, they're coming off a win, 20-13, to 13, but it was against the Lions. They've hit the under in their past three. Craig, thoughts on this one? Uh, you nailed it uh, there, Chelsea. The under has been the key in these Bears games because, you know, guess what? The Bears' offense is terrible. They can't throw the ball. Everybody knows it. You stack, you, you stack the line, make them throw the ball. That's how you beat the Bears. If they didn't play the Lions with, without Matt Stafford, they'd probably lose last week. So I like uh, the under 40 here. I think it's an easy winner as uh, the Bears can continue to struggle on offense. The Rams have also hit the under in their last four. Tony T, where are you leaning? Yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that under play, but I'm going to actually take the points here with the Bears at plus six and a half. Goff does not handle pressure very well. They, they handled the Bears did handle the Rams well last uh, last year in, the, in that in that performance. The Rams offense just lackluster. You know, losing 17 to 12 at Pittsburgh behind a, a you know their backup quarterback and Rudolph there. I'm going to go ahead and take the points here with the Chicago Bears. All right, that is our NFL rapid fire segment. Thank you both for joining us. We're back after the break on picks and parlays, recapping all of today's picks. Stick with us on picks and parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays on this Friday afternoon. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we had a jam-packed show today full of football and a little dash of NBA. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention or if you're just now tuning in, no worries. We've got you covered. We're about to recap all of today's picks, starting with college football. And Chip Cherimbus, his picks that he gave us, <laughs> Minnesota. And Iowa taking the under 45 and a half. Oklahoma Baylor in that Big 12 matchup taking Oklahoma minus 10 and a half. Arizona Oregon taking Arizona plus 28. USC Cal taking the Golden Bears at plus six and a half. Moving on to some football and basketball picks. Chiefs and Chargers from Tony T. He says take the over 52. Jets at Redskins. Taking the Jets at plus two and a half. And then his NBA pick with an exclamation point. Exclamation point. I can't even say that. Hawks Clippers. He likes the under in that one. Under 230. Moving on to rapid fire picks from Craig Trapp. Bears Rams taking the odor under, excuse me, 40 and a half. Patriots Eagles taking the Patriots in that one. Minus three and a half. And then Tony T gave us these picks for NFL rapid fire. Jags Colts taking the Jags plus three. Cardinals 49ers. He likes the Cardinals to cover again against the 49ers this time at plus ten and a half. Bears Rams taking the Bears plus six and a half. Those are our picks from today's show. It was a wild one. 
and I can't stop watching that Miles Garrett hit on Mason Rudolph. Uh, first of all, how is Mason Rudolph not concussed? He's had a tough week. Uh, a tough week and a tough year when it comes to bad luck hits like that. Uh, so we hope he's okay. <laughs> we'll end the show like that. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're back next week. Until then, you can visit picksandparlays.net for all of your betting needs. Bet, win, repeat. We're back next week on Picks and Parlays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.